Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. Gotta take your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Way Up Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. We'll both be joined shortly with co-host Jonathan Miklos, and it has come to an end, the perfect season for the Carolina Panthers. We're going to talk a lot about that, and also just a lot of the good teams in the NFL today are sleepwalking. Pittsburgh looks like total garbage on the road against Baltimore. New England going to overtime against the Jets. Kansas City on the verge of maybe losing to Cleveland. I mean, this is Jonathan, this has been a day where the uh, – the good teams have really looked sluggish. It's just been one of those days where nobody can seem to find a rhythm. So Carolina lost today. They picked a good time to lose, I think. Um, it's a good time they to lose for them, not for me. But, um, I know. Trust well, me, I know. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, mm. no energy, Jonathan. Jonathan, when I watched them play all day, it's like they knew the fix was in almost. Like, Nobody showed any effort. The offensive line didn't block. The defensive line couldn't stop. And, and I'm not taking anything away from Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's a good little decent mm-hmm. team. They can beat you when you play bad. But, I mean, the Falcons, what's funny, the Falcons fans out there are celebrating, acting like they've done something, and they're they're going nowhere except to the house. I mean, come on. I mean, Carolina showed no interest in that game. Did they not? Be honest with you. Uh, yeah, from a little bit I saw – um, it did not seem like they cared um, too much about what was going on today. Um, I'd say the same thing about Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, both <laughs> teams just seem uninterested. And late games on the road this time of year, we should all know better uh, in all reality. We should. Uh, we should never expect yeah. our team to actually do well. But, I mean, it's just I'm, I'm just I'm just stunned. I really am. I'm stunned uh-huh. by what I've seen today. That's why you you don't mess with the 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 mafia football league here when you think you figured it out. And I could tell by the look on their faces, man. In the second half, it's just like I can just tell Ron Rivera's over there smiling, like like Karen Cam had no emotion whatsoever in his face today. Yeah, maybe he's exhausted. Maybe that's what it was, Jonathan. He's carried this team. I mean, they haven't lost. There's a lot of pressure. I guess all you hear about all week is the streak, the streak, the streak. And that's all you talk about, being perfect. And I think it caught up with them. Like, when I say it's a good time to lose, that's really what I mean. I think it's a good time to lose. But what a bad time to lose if you're Pittsburgh right now. Huh, Jonathan? I mean, if you lose to the Baltimore on the road, you're probably going to be out of the playoffs, right? Or close to it. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, especially on the Jets game. Yeah, I mean, if the Jets win, then yeah, I mean, wow, what a, what an awful loss for Pittsburgh. Um, Bucks scored a touchdown with one second left. Oh, that's our season. Um, I mean, it's just you know, you, you're looking at it today. You know, you saw Atlanta take down Carolina, and I don't think anybody really saw that coming. You know, Baltimore beats Pittsburgh. Uh, Kansas City's in a dogfight with Cleveland. Houston blows out Tennessee. I mean, today just it was just weird today. Nothing today was an odd day. Yeah. Um, 
wow, I mean, hi, NFL. Thanks for just, you know, drop-kicking us, letting us know that, you know, ain't nothing sacred. Yeah, I'm just stunned, like you said. I'm I'm kind of shocked. Um, the Carolina, man, that's just disheartening. And what, what sucks is I live here in Atlanta, and now these fans are going to be bragging that they took down Carolina. But you know what, Carolina, they could care less, man. I mean, that, that's something about the NFL that's different from college. It's a job. You had a bad day at the office that nobody really cared about. You know what I mean? It's not college football. You could lose the game here, and it doesn't even matter. These guys don't care. But what what it does is it makes it makes the Green Bay Arizona game coming up very very interesting, and it makes it makes next week just say if Arizona wins today, it makes Carolina have to play a must win game, which I don't know if that's a bad thing or not after a loss. I mean, maybe you need to to, to get a gut reality check because Atlanta's not a bad team, John. They they just physically whipped the piss out of Carolina on both sides of the ball all day. And uh, the Jets just drove all the way down about the score in overtime. This is an upset, but just an update. But, I mean, did you notice that up front that Atlanta on both sides just – I mean, Cam had no time to throw the football at all. He couldn't run the ball. He didn't try to run, really. But he couldn't throw. Every time he would take a step back, it would be five people raping him to the ground. I mean, how can you win if your offensive line can't block? Right, yeah, no, Atlanta's defensive line did a great job today. Um, you know, that's something they said was a weakness and they wanted to address in the offseason, and they did address it with, you know, drafting Beasley and signing Claiborne. Um, they did a really good job with, with both those moves, and we saw it pay off for them. Um, as well as an issue that they had last year, they really didn't they didn't address with a personnel move with the offensive line, um, we, we, we see when the offensive line is healthy how good it, it can be. So uh, that, definitely something to, to watch. Atlanta still technically not eliminated eliminated from the playoff. Yeah, game. they are. Um, are they, they are now? Is official? They got a 1% no, they have a 1% chance to make it. I mean, Obama has a better yeah. chance to get reelected right now than they did make the playoff. Uh, and, uh, I mean, Atlanta's still fighting for something, um, and I, I think that's the only reason why they're in that in the game today. If Jacksonville beats Atlanta last week, I don't think Atlanta cares for this week. Yeah. And that's just but Atlanta's a the playoff team, Jonathan. Game. That's what that's what's kind of aggravating to the Falcons fans and the me too watching the Falcons. Why are they not in the playoffs? I mean, they have Julio Jones for God's sake. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. And uh, I don't know if you can hear my dog in the background. I'm about to try to close this door. Every time I get no, on the I damn can't. radio, he comes alive. Okay. Um, but, Julio, you have that kind of talent on the team. Look at the running back from Florida State, Freeman, just the way he can run the football. And the Jets just beat. They scored a touchdown. They beat the New England Patriots, like I predicted, by the way. At least I predicted one game right today. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I just, I mean, I'm gonna take my hat off to, to the Atlanta Falcons right now, for, because you know, I mean, I think sometimes we we overlook the fact that oh, Carolina didn't want to play today. Well, that's the bullshit. That's a man's game, and they came and fought hard. And 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 that's what. How do you? I mean, in, in all honesty, they had a one percent chance entering the game to make the playoffs, Jonathan. That shows you that Quinn still has his locker room. That shows you. That team still believes in something, and they fought their butt off all day. If that Falcons team 
play today, like I mean, all year like they did today, you're probably talking about a 10-6 team that, that probably is going to make the playoffs. Uh, right, no, exactly. Yeah, I don't think Quinn's lost that locker room, um, especially not in the first year. I think he's, you know, he's done an excellent job taking over this team that we knew was going to be a little bit of uh, troublesome from what we've seen um, with the past couple years. Now, looking at it as a whole, I mean, Matt Ryan's not a bad quarterback, but he's not great either. Uh, 18 wow. touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I believe he's fumbled five, lost five <laughs> snaps on the year, which is atrocious. How dare you know? How do you how do you lose five fumbles uh, just on the snap? Um, I mean, Julio Jones is great, but your number two guy in receptions was Devontae Freeman, uh, who's your running back. Your number three guy is your tight end Jacob Tammy. Roddy White had 37 grabs. I mean, there's such a huge disparity between your number yeah. one receiver and your number two receiver. That always leads to issues. Um, what happened so, to the Roddy White of a couple of years ago, why even bother signing Leonard Hankerson um, if you're not going to use him? Uh, and, I mean, I think Atlanta's issues became that the offense was turning the ball over at such a high rate. I mean, Tevin Coleman, the back running back, lost three fumbles of his own this year. Um, so, you know, you had an Atlanta team that was turning the ball over a lot, putting the defense back on the field, and, I mean, the defense as a whole, you know, had 21 turnovers where, you know, Matt Ryan paced that himself. And I think that's where the Falcons' issue was. So they need to go ahead and work on basic fundamentals for them to, I believe, improve and become that playoff team that we saw three years ago. Yeah, I got this Falcons fan on Facebook every week. He's like, Falcons are going to win. Falcons are going to win. Now he's bragging about this one, and I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. You pick them every week. It's more like you, you know, some magical game you predicted. And I hate Atlanta Falcons fans. I do. I, I really do. I feel sorry for them, but I also hate them because they they accept this crap. And they're actually, do you see their owner on the sidelines over there acting like he just made the playoffs? God, terrible. Yes. And if, you, if you're talking about terrible, Ben Roethlisberger and that sorry Pittsburgh Steelers team just got eliminated from the playoffs, guys. I'm telling you, Kansas City's not going to lose. The Jets are not going to lose. I mean, Ben, if you're Pittsburgh, I mean, somebody needs to, to go, seriously. If you lose a game like this where Ron Mallett is the quarterback, you just beat Denver, you've got a chance to just bombard the playoffs and you lose like this, what is up with Pittsburgh? I mean, that shows me right there, Ben Roethlisberger. Sonny was talking this morning about Ben Roethlisberger should be the MVP or could be. That guy needs to shave his beard and shut up. That's what he needs to do. Just sit down, Big Ben, and shut up. Your Pittsburgh Steelers piss me off today. I talk good about them, and then you, you act like that. I mean, that's terrible, Johnson. That's terrible. But but back to Arthur Blaine. You're the you're the you're the owner of that team, and you're excited that you you may finish eight and eight. I mean, really, you're excited about that? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's a big win, and right. I get it. Yeah, everybody calls it big and exciting win because you beat a team that was undefeated. You know, it's it's not like you know you just beat a slouch. You, you beat a pretty good team today. Um, but at the end of the day the Falcons are still not going to make the playoffs. And, I mean, what do you – I mean, yeah, you're celebrating a win, but what are you really celebrating when you stop and think yeah. about it? Because 
There's nothing positive truly coming out of this other than, hey, we scored 20 points and Carolina just decided, you know, to score 13 and just – but, I mean, I really don't think Atlanta won that game. Like, I firmly believe Carolina lost. Yeah, they did. They did. And that stupid play to Julio Jones where he busted – I mean, where Matt Ryan was dead to rights, he throws it up and Julio outjumps. Julio can outjump anybody. You know, I mean, you can't have a linebacker sitting out there trying to to guard Julio. But I mean, the Arizona Cardinals still could lose today and give Carolina a home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But I I think it works out perfect. It works out perfect if you're going to lose Jonathan right now. It's not the last week because you never want to take that last week and then a bye or loss and then that bye week. So okay, you lost. You rested up. Now you got next week against Tampa. Carolina should. Beat Tampa in Carolina should. That's a big, that's a iffy word these days, and then um, claim home field advantage. I mean, would you agree with that? And then you you have a bye week. At least you go into the bye week in the playoffs with some momentum of a win. I don't like losing that last game, and that, that that's what scared me the most, to be honest with you, Jonathan. Right. You know, I understand. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. That's why, you know, if I was you, I would be rooting. For um, for Arizona to win today, because then it would mean that Carolina would have something to play for, and they'd have to come out and and play well. And you know, playing against Tampa, I mean, sadly I'm a Bucks fan. I didn't watch a minute of the game today. Uh, Quinn actually gave me the update through Twitter, um, and they're, they're just they're just not a very good football team. Uh, it's a very young team that is still prone to making incredibly stupid mistakes at the best times. Uh, you know, the defense, when it, when it's on them to make a make, make a stop, they, they're just having a hard time with it, losing another game where we lose a turnover battle. I mean, it's a That's perfect right, team for Carolina to try and get back on track again because they're good enough to be yeah. pesky, but bad enough to where they're going to give you the game. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It's okay, Jonathan. Next year you'll be a ten and six team. But you know, Carolina picked a good day to lose too. If you're looking at the MVP race with Tom Brady, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and mentioned both of those lost too. So now all we need is Carson Palmer to choke. Uh, but I think Cam's won the MVP anyway. It's his. It, it's not going to anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you a game that shocked me. Let's look at the Indianapolis Colts going on the road and beating Miami. How does that happen? I mean, I thought Miami would kill these guys. And uh, they just – it's just – I don't understand it, man. When you think you figured out the NFL, it turns the screws on you real quick. It lets you know. And then last night, the Eagles at home, with a chance to get back in the playoff hunt, lay an egg, lose by 14 to a bad Washington team. I know you like Kirk Cousins, I think, but I'm just not a big fan of him. I'm sorry. The defenses he's played, I'm not impressed with. But they won. Washington's in the playoffs, and that's something that – if you're Washington, Jonathan, do you, do you want Kirk Cousins to be your quarterback from now on? I mean, who else could you get besides Kirk Cousins? I think he's going to be the man for the next two years in Washington. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Redskins, I'm staying with Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he's uh, had some success in Jay Gruden's offense. Um, he is leading the league in completion percentage, which is obviously it's a huge plus thing. Um and, you know, he plays with the world at home, and last name would have mattered the most. Uh, he went on the road against the division rival, 
and, and got the win and won the division. So I think her cousins, I think he's got to stick around. I think he's got to hang around um, in, in Washington. And I think right now he is your quarterback of the, the present and the future. I mean, he's just he's had a really good year. He doesn't look he does nothing spectacular, but he's good enough. And I think that's all you really need. You need a quarterback good enough to build your team around. Because when they're just good enough, they can become great if you can get a real team around them. Well, I'd love to get some Falcons fans to call in here right now and talk some crap. I really would. I really I know Tanya's out there right now. Down go the Panthers, built by Bama, Julio Jones, you rose up finally. Julio game MVP. That's just like me taking a piss. Nobody cares that the Falcons won it, honestly. Seriously, I mean, does, does anybody care that I take a piss today, John? Mm, you care? I'm going to go with no. Uh, I'm sorry. It just It's just like, I'm trying to just I'm trying to describe something clean here, and not a bad way. Um, <laughs> what being a what being a fan <laughs> is like 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 celebrating that uh, you got to kiss your wife on the cheek again when she left you and has been screwing a guy for ten years behind your back. You know, I mean that that's Atlanta Falcons football right there. Does that make sense? Yeah, actually, it does. I know that's sad, isn't it? I mean, Julio's a beast. We get that. Uh, built by Bama. I don't think Bama built that. I think he was built at birth. But the Falcons. That was actually man. built I, I by Miami because that's where he grew up. Yeah. Built by the streets. That's what it was done. Built by Bama. Bama paid him to get there, but, you know, <laughs> as far as building him, they paid for those $5,000 suits he wore. But other than oh, that, that, you know, T-Town's Warehouse. T-Town Menswear, where where your first suit on me, says Tom Albatar. Give me a few autographs and I'll give you a suit. So, uh, anyway, enough about the Panthers. They, they're they going to be watching kind of tonight to see how Arizona does. I think you're right. If Arizona wins out and Carolina loses next week, I think it's over, right? I think Arizona's the number one seed. And mm-hmm. I don't think Carolina Carolina would have to hope for some help that somebody like Seattle went into Arizona and beat them because I don't know if Carolina could, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a very tough play to it's a very tough place to play out there in Phoenix. Uh, it's a wonderful stadium. Um, now the only, the only problem is that, and they talk about this a lot uh, in in the local media. They have a hard time with rival fans, especially Green Bay fans and Dallas fans uh, coming in and taking over 25 to 30% of the stadium. Uh, like, you know, supposedly the word is there's going to be a lot of Packer fans there today. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if it's as big an issue if um, with Carolina. So I don't know how many Carolina fans would actually travel out there and create that disparity. But Arizona's home field things is only good when they're playing other southern teams. Yeah. Yeah. Not like I wouldn't want to go to Arizona, honestly, but you know the Falcons are in that playoff hunt. Let me tell you how they get there. You ready? Seattle loses their next two games. Minnesota loses their next two games. Denver beats San Diego next week in week
week 17. So if that happens, if that happens. Then there's a couple more scenarios here. If Santa Claus makes it back to the North Pole in time for to get ready for Christmas next year, I can throw another a couple more things in there. If the Easter huh. Bunny is real. Uh, first divisional win this season for the Falcons. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? The and they're Fox, celebrating the in that locker room. Them. Turn it to Fox real quick, everybody. The first divisional game for Quinn. He's crying like a little baby girl. Acting like he just did something. Man, this is what bothers me, man. You, you're you over in the league, and you beat a Carolina team that, that didn't even want to be there today. But you you outplayed. You came to play. But, I mean, this is pro football. But uh, mm-hmm. come on now. Good Lord. I'm, I'm sorry, Jonathan. It just makes me sick when I see someone trying to take credit and, and act like they've done something. Oh, oh I mean – I've never understood why the team that beats the undefeated team celebrates the way they do. Like, you know, they, they act like they just won the ding dang Super Bowl, and you're sitting there for a second going, <laughs> "I mean, I mean, you know, in the case of Atlanta, I go, what does this win really mean to you? It means that you're not going to finish with a losing record. That's about it, right? Yep. What does this win really mean? I mean." Why the party? And it's your first divisional oh. win in a bad division, honestly. Is that division good? I don't think so. No. I mean, Tampa swept Atlanta. I think that says it all. Uh, the Saints beat them. The Ains mm-hmm. beat them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Let's go over. Pittsburgh loses 2017. Saints up 7 nothing on the Jags. Kansas City did hold on to Cleveland 17-13. San Francisco loses to Detroit 32 to 17. Like you said, Houston 34 to 6 over the sorry Titans. Dallas gets beat down 16 to 6 in Buffalo. Chicago over your Bucks 26-21. Now let's talk about this game coming up. Green Bay, Arizona, starting in about three minutes from now. Arizona's favored six. The way it's going today, take Green Bay, right? All these favorites are losing for some reason. Uh, Arizona is going to have a little more pep in their step now, but I just don't know how, how hard they're going to play because I think they know Carolina is going to win next week probably. So they're going to really kill themselves to beat Green Bay right now. Uh, yeah, because if Green Bay wins out and Arizona loses out, Green Bay gets the two seed. So if yeah, Arizona wins Seattle today. comes up next week. Right. So, I mean, Arizona, I think, wants to take care of business against Green Bay today. Because if they win today, they clinch a bye week. Um, and then if, you know, you, you do whatever you want against Seattle, whether you're going to go for it or not. But I think Arizona wants to clinch that bye week. They need that week to get healthy. All these teams really need that week to get healthy. So I think they're going to gun for it today. Um, and Green Bay just doesn't impress me. They haven't beaten who we consider a good team in a while. I mean, that Minnesota game almost seems like just, you know, an aberration. Uh, they beat Seattle and Kansas City while both teams were, were struggling. So, I just can't touch Green Bay. And not to mention that line moved from three to six. Uh, it, it, the line is at six right now. So, somebody is slamming Arizona today for the line to move that many points. Yeah, at least Tanya's got it right, though, about the Carolina thing. The NFL is fixing this crap. 
that is right, Sonia. You are you are correct on that. They they it looks like they are fixing this league, but uh, I, I don't know. I think you're right. Arizona today, if they lose, and then Seattle can beat you, and they're playing there. You know Seattle's going to play hard. You know that. Mm-hmm. You could be in, you can be in danger of playing in that first weekend, like you said. You take care of business today. And you you move on to next week, and you let next week determine whatever. As long as you make it to the two seeds, but I'm looking at that Arizona crowd right now, and I'm seeing a lot of gold. I'm seeing a lot of of, of Green Bay mm-hmm. fans in Arizona, which concerns me a little bit. How big would the home field advantage be for Arizona? Would it be big because all the bandwagon fans would come out and get playoff tickets, or, or what? Um, I mean, it's just it, it's just great for them to get the bye week. But yeah, I mean, having the home field advantage. I think would be of importance to them um, because depending on who they play, I mean, you know, if they play a northern team, they're going to have to do with a lot of the opponent's fans because uh, it's that time of the year where northerners move south, even though the, the south is awful and stupid, but, you know, they all want to live down here when it gets cold up there. Yeah, they do. Cute. It's funny. Yeah. How about y'all just go back yeah, home? But anyway, so. Yeah. It's called it's called the damn Yankee, right? I got I got no love for them. I mean, I'm in Florida, so I gotta I gotta deal with it a lot, and Arizona has to deal with it, uh, you know, just as much. So, you know, a lot of the Arizona fans are used to this. They were expecting this. About thirty percent of the crowd, uh, at least, was expected to be Green Bay fans today. It is what it is. Yeah, that's that's, yep, that's the only that's a good way I can point. look at it. Well, there's a lot going on, man. A lot going on, and you know, you talk about a lot going on last night. It seems like you're depressed, Jonathan. What can I do to get you out of this depression you're in right now? Like last night, I think I think the bowl games really kicked your butt. You don't want to say it, but but the bowl games got on you. Let's go over those. Marshall over Connecticut, sixteen to ten. Washington State, twenty to fourteen over Miami. Washington forty four thirty one Southern Miss Indiana got screwed Jonathan forty four to forty one against Duke Virginia Tech fifty five fifty two and the five, over Tulsa and the five and seven Nebraska Cornhuskers beat UCLA thirty seven to twenty nine Jonathan give me your thoughts on that last game please um, <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about UCLA none of them are appropriate. Um, none of them are appropriate. I'm not happy at all. I mean, I've completely flipped my week upside down because uh, of UCLA and Carolina. So that's that's kind of what you're hearing in my voice. Uh, UCLA was a train wreck last night. They jumped out to an early 21-7 lead. It looked like they were going to take care of business. It was going to be a blowout. And uh, then they quit. That's the how, way much, how much did you lose? That's the question. How much did you lose? More than I wanted. To be honest. More than I wanted. Did you did, did you give up the points today in Carolina and UCLA last night, or did you take the money line? Oh, I was laying points in both games. Okay. Well, that's not as bad as you you lose a game like Carolina today, and you take the money line. You talk about you put a hundred dollars down, you'll lose about four hundred. You know, five six. Yeah. You do that. You don't want to do that, and you're smart no, enough no, no. to do that. Yeah, but um, I'll tell I mean, you the only money line I, I took night. yesterday was the Redskins. They were plus money. Yeah, you liked them, didn't you? 
I didn't like him. I like Billy in that one. But, I mean, mm-hmm. look, let's go to the Indiana-Duke game. How, do, mm-hmm. how can officials say that the ball was too high? I mean, that's a cop-out, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, and this has been an ongoing issue with the NCAA. Of, uh, Roberto Aguayo, Florida State's kicker, brought this up when he won the Lou Groves in 2013. Uh, they were talking about, you know, how he kicked the ball so hard he kicked it high that uh, sometimes you can tell if it was good or not. And he said, well, you need to get something at the uh, at the end of the post that way you could tell, you know. And, and I remember the, the keyword was lasers at the time, um, like a motion mm-hmm. sensor, if you will. Um, but exactly. at, at the end of the day, uh, the fact that you couldn't review that kick, I think, bothers people more than anything. Yeah, that's and, – and, and it's all because if it's too high. If it's too high, you can't do it. So any other thing, like good or bad, you can you can you can review it. But because they interpreted it that way, mm-hmm. there's no review. I think it's a cop out. I think it was a buyout. I think it's a sellout. I think all of this. And again, the corrupt officials are determining the outcomes of football games. It's terrible. Arizona goes three and out on their first drive. Punt. Green Bay starts with their own forty, first and ten, thirteen, thirty-three left in the first quarter. <laughs> I hope Aaron Rodgers lays it to Arizona today. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm pulling for Arizona today, but I'm hoping Eddie Lacy didn't eat three, four Big Macs before the game today. I'm hoping he dieted this morning, didn't eat breakfast. He comes Sounds out like hungry. somebody's got a fantasy yeah. game. No, I don't have any. I don't have. I'm already eliminated. I actually play with people that know football, so it's hard to win. It's the first year I had made the playoffs in about five years. For the first time, I'm not in a league with a bunch of. Yeah. I didn't do a team. I'm not in a league with a bunch of idiots. I'm not in a league with a bunch of idiots that that can't know how to pick up free agency. Yeah, you yeah you you told me you wasn't you wasn't doing a league this year, so I can't blame you too much. But, you know, next week's a big week, Jonathan. We start off with bowls. Really, Monday we got some games. Nobody cares about those two pissy games. But but we got Auburn, man, in the Birmingham Bowl next week. I'm getting a little noise from your phone, Jonathan. So take the, take the noose from around your neck right now for a minute. Come back down here and talk some football with me. Uh, thank it's you, okay, man. It's, it's, it's okay. I'll help you make it. I'll help you get through this this difficult time. Auburn favorite three. Everybody's talking about this big quarterback. It's going that Lynch is going to come in and just destroy Auburn's defense. And somehow Auburn's a three point favorite in this game. I look at it and I just think the the front of Auburn both sides should control this game. I think Auburn's good enough defensively to hold its own against Memphis. I don't think Memphis will be able to stop Auburn's rushing attack. What do you think in this game? I, I think Auburn's going to win this game by a couple of scores. I could be wrong. How motivated are they to be in the Birmingham Bowl? I think, honestly, you're, you're going to be up for this game because you are playing a team that beat Ole Miss. You're playing a, a Lynch. going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft. So, if you're Auburn, you got to be up for this, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think this has all the makings of an Auburn game that they should be excited for. Um, they get to play in front of What's really going to be a decent-sized home crowd? Um, you know, you get to play a Memphis team that is proven they're a quality team. They beat Ole Miss. Uh, they got a highly touted quarterback. Uh, 
you know, considered one of the best offenses in the nation. And, you know, a defense that was, and I flipped this year, but I wouldn't consider it awful. I think this is going to be a really fun game. Um, You know, my, my, if Auburn's up for this game, if they want to be there, I think they have the talent to win this game. But if they don't want to show up, Memphis is going to run them out the building. Yeah. Uh, if they, yeah, you're right. If they don't, Memphis is going to put a hurt on them. But here's the I think this is the first SEC game will be Wednesday, December 30th. And, of course, I'll have to work. So I'll be having to record it and watch it. A noon kickoff, just like your Florida State game the next day, a noon kickoff that the SEC is on showcase after last year, Jonathan, after getting embarrassed. Um, well, LSU, no, excuse me, LSU plays Tuesday night, the 29th. They play Texas Tech. I believe that's the first SEC game. But mm-hmm. what are you looking for out of the SEC? I mean, can Florida – I think the questions are – I think we're on different opinions. You think Michigan State's going to beat Alabama, I think, right opposite. But I think the swing game in this, could be the Michigan-Florida game. What if Florida could come in and beat Michigan in this game? I mean, are you saying there's no chance? Are you or how are you, how are you looking at this? Because Michigan's a good little team, but I think they're going to struggle to score points against Florida. Let's be real. Uh, uh, mm, you know that's a, that's a good that's a good point because Florida's defense I would consider to be. Uh, very good. Um, you know, Florida State put up 27 points, but a lot of it was late in the game. I'm, I'm personally going to admit that. Just like Galvin got a lot of his yards in the second half when it did matter most, but still. You know, for the, if you watch the first half of that game, you saw an excellent Florida defense that is very hard to throw the ball on. Um, at the end of the day, I think this Michigan game is going to play out like a Florida State game where Florida, or well, in the Alabama game in all reality, where Florida's going to struggle so badly on offense to do anything, that that defense is just going to get worn down oh. and you're going to see Michigan score twice in the you know, late in the third, early in the fourth to get up, you know, like 17-3. And that'll be it. That's all she wrote. All right. Well, Jonathan, stay right here. I am I think – you know who I want to call right now? Who? I want to call Big – I want to call Big E. He's a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I was wanting to call him real quick. He's the one that said uh-huh. Tebow would, was better than Cam Newton. So I was trying to get him on the phone here. I want to see what he thinks about his Pittsburgh Steelers today laying an egg. And I'm not I'm not talking trash, you know. That's not me. That's not my style, is it, John? <laughs> no, I honestly, from a Steelers fan, I do want to know what he thinks about today's game. I do. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan out there today, we need to hear from you, seriously. I need to hear from you. How you allow this stuff to happen? How you how you feel about your team sucking? I'm waiting. Everett Pratt, Big E, known as the Big E. He's probably he's he's probably already pulled the trigger. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic yeah. voice message system. Two five six five. Whoops! You thought I was going to give your number away, Big E. <laughs> Not he's probably me, been on hunt after I mean, that game. Do you blame him? He's probably having someone hunt him after the game. He's probably like, I'm going to dress up as a deer. You just shoot me <laughs> after that kind of game. <laughs> so so if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan out there, please give me a call. And by the way, Jonathan, there's a possibility we may be syndicated before long. 
Yes, that's true. Syndicated radio. You'd be driving down the road, maybe listen to us on your satellite radio. But I mean, wow. where, where are all these scared fans out? Where, where are all these scared fans out today? Where, where are you, Everett? I mean, you know that's me calling you. Pick up the phone. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text Everett and tell him to pick up the phone because uh, I just need to hear from him. I need to hear. He's a Pittsburgh fan. If you're a if you're a Falcons fan, call in. That's fine. If you're a Carolina fan, I don't care who you are. Yeah, I want to hear what you think about your team. What's going on right now? It's just a weird day of football, man. I just can't explain when when every game goes about different than what you think, and all of a sudden New Orleans is up going to be fourteen to nothing on Jacksonville right now. No score. Tanya's about to call in, I think. Um, yeah, it looks like uh, Green Bay take, just pinned Arizona deep. Um, I, that's gonna be a you know that's that's a very good game right there with two playoff teams. Um, I mean, New Orleans, Drew Brees playing with the plantar fasciitis, and from a report I saw earlier, it might actually be the last game he plays uh, in New Orleans. This might be his last home game, so that's, you know, it's just something to see because he has a $30 million cap hit next year. We'll see. Arizona, second, their second trip, just spill some water, their second trip, second try right here at their five. Green Bay needs to do something defensively, I think, to to get involved in this game, like a fumble, pick six, something like that to to make it interesting. But I'm just not sold right now on Seattle. Could Seattle lose to the Rams today? That's what kind of day we're having here. Could could the Rams just come out of nowhere and just shock the world? Man, it wouldn't surprise me after what we've seen already. It really wouldn't. Um, you know, this Rams team has that – they have that ability to, to beat the teams in their division. Yep. You're right. I'm giving Big E one more chance to see if he's alive. If not, we will be calling Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice Boaz, message Alabama. system. Two, five, six. Mm. <coughs> Ever, that, that means he cut it off right there. He don't want to talk. That's mm-hmm. new. That's just for educational purposes out there, people. <laughs> Just so y'all know, for there's I think there's Sonya right there. Let's bring Sonya on real quick. Sonya, I couldn't get Big E to, to to answer and tell me about his Pittsburgh Steelers. So tell us about that Carolina Atlanta game. What'd you think? Welcome to the show, by the way. First of all, Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. dog. <laughs> is it is Damn it real? I am the most critical. Brian Tarvin will tell you this. I am very critical of the Falcons because I expect excellence. And I compare it to to rooting for Bama. You have a certain standard of play that you expect from college players. I'm going to expect more because you're getting paid to do this, dog. You get a check whether we win or lose. So if you want me to spend my money, you better put some good product on the field. Today, the Falcons must have been reading my tweets. They must have gotten my my stalking emails. (laughs) Them jokers showed up today. D finally showed up. They were, I think our defense was sitting at Hartsfield, and somebody forgot to pick them well, up. They finally showed up I'll at the dome. You, oh, my God. But both sides of the ball, they, they won all day. The first drive, Carolina went down the field, no problem. After that, it's just Cam Newton didn't have but, like, two seconds to throw all day. And so you got to credit Atlanta, but, but it's like they won the Super Bowl 
their owners down there on the field acting crazy after the game. I mean, are, are they? I don't know. It you got to look at I'm it like this. Though, Think about it. Two weeks ago, this very same team shut out Atlanta. Atlanta showed zero on the board. There was nothing. There's a big old zero up there. Fans were very upset because it's like, look, we know we're Falcons fans. Okay, I've been a Falcons fan since 1981. I know my Falcons. <laughs> Not. I am very realistic about the Falcons. I just want them to at least be competitive. Maybe one day everything will come together when St. Heimlich finally moves out of Georgia. But today, that same team that two weeks ago embarrassed them, they turn around and beat that same team and are the team to break their record. Heck, yeah, they're celebrating. And I don't care what nobody said. Julio Jones, best wide receiver in the business, dog. Josh Norman, cover that. <laughs> hey, nobody can cover. There's no corner in football can cover one of the top or the top five receivers in football. And I, I do think Julio is the best. And I do think Norman's just a tad bit overrated, no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's he's better at flapping his mouth than than anything else, you know. He's he's better at talking about it. But but I do give credit to Atlanta for coming out and fighting because you know they had a one percent chance to make the playoffs going into the day, probably still do. But they fought hard for four quarters and they wanted it more, you know. That, they that's, sure did. I mean, and they, I'll be it. honest, it's, it. it's like when you see a team come back and fight like this. Now, unlike some other Falcons fans, I am not going to sit here and wish for the playoffs. Again, I know the Falcons, okay? Too many things have to happen. If it happens, great. If not, no big deal. But it felt good to see them finally, you know, man up, like step up to the plate because, you know, the first first five games, the Falcons were clicking. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we forgot. We're the Falcons. <laughs> and then they just started sucking. And so it's like that last, I think that the Carolina Panthers, when they suck, when they stuck it to them, shut them out, it just made them say, okay, look, if we're, we're not going to go out like this. If we're going to go out, we're going to go out with a bang. And I love the fact that they delivered that to the fans and they delivered it to themselves. Now all they need to do is get rid of wow. some of that dead, get rid of Dimitrov, dead weight on the players and in the office, and maybe something will happen. I want to ask you one thing, both of you, you and Jonathan, Sonia, and I'll start with you, Sonia. At the end of the game, you know, when, when, when they held Carolina before that last possession, Atlanta got the ball back with a chance to run it down to like six seconds. But they ended up kicking a, about a 50-yard field goal with over a minute and a half left in the game. Had, had, they lose, had they missed that, Carolina would have probably won that football game. But even kicking the field goal and it going through going up by seven, you give Cam Newton a chance to go, go you know, 70, 80 yards for a touchdown. Why not punt and pin them deep? and run that clock out and make him go 90 yards in, in about 30 seconds. I, I just don't understand the coaching there by Atlanta. And I'll start with you, Sonia. Maybe you don't remember this, but if, if you I do, do remember, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it was, it was an issue with the clock management because I remember I was posting because I run like a couple of game day threads on Sundays besides running fantasy football. And I was sitting there and I'm like, what the, you know, what the hell what are they talking about? What's up with the clock? And there was this whole confusion. <laughs> And then Carolina gets the ball back, and it's kind of like, ah, uh, you know, here we go. Cam's going to do one of his cam task moves, and everything will just end up, you know, it'll be the way it was, the way everybody predicted. But I got to give it to the D, because he did get in there for that series, but the Atlanta D showed up for the first time in a long time. Atlanta defense showed up and shut them down. I I, I don't want to speak on, on rumors, but – I might as well because everybody else does. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed 
if you've been paying attention in the past couple of weeks as far as the tension between um, – I forget the guy's name. He's like one of the defensive coaches. But he was there when Smith was there. He wasn't let go. And he and the players on the defense have a big problem. Like he and Rasheed Heckman got into it um, two weeks ago at the Panthers game. He's gotten into it with like two or three other, you know, starters on the defense. And they, there's, there's some issues there. So I think that, again, it all goes back. I won't say Dan Quinn because he inherited this mess. But I think if they finally get mm-hmm. rid of some of these people, you'll see a big difference. But there's, there's still some remnants, and I don't think it's jiving too well, and it came through in their play. I think Quinn's a good coach, I'll be honest with you. What I've seen out of him this year, um, very – I mean, I think the future looks bright. But And I think Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. I know people think I'm crazy. <laughs> he just makes some mistakes sometimes. He needs some confidence. But you saw he tore Carolina up today. You give oh, him, he shredded you give him time. He will shred your butt. I don't care what defense you have out there, but mm-hmm. the problem is the offensive line. It looked like the roles were reversed. Usually, Cam Newton gets the time. Today, Cam Newton's running for his life, getting sacked every play, and Matt Ryan, <laughs> he has time to do something. And it was, it was like the roles were reversed. But you know, I, I think it's a good time for Carolina to lose, Sonya, if there ever was such a thing. Because I don't like losing the last game. I don't like losing yep. that last game going into the playoffs. But losing this one. If they rebound against Tampa Bay next week, I, I think that's okay. I, I can live with exactly. it. Exactly. And see, the thing is, you, the, the one thing people forget, yeah, like, yeah, Falcon fans are happy that we, that we won. But for Carolina, don't hang your head, okay? If you're a Carolina Panthers fan, not hang your head. There is nothing for you to hang your head about. Your team is, is set, okay? You guys are playing for home field advantage at this point. You're going. There's a bunch of other teams, including our own, who are not or may not be going. So you guys need to be happy with that. Not every team – I mean, look, we say this about college. Any given Saturday. Okay, it's the same thing with NFL. Any given Sunday. Any team can win or lose. It's whoever wants it most, whoever comes out and executes the best, and whoever, you know, whoever has that, that drive and that hunger for it. And tonight or today it just happened to be the Falcons because of what happened two weeks ago. I think that was really the spark that really mm-hmm. got them together. And it's hard to bring it in any sport, especially the NFL. You play 16 games. Did, yeah. did Carolina look tired to you a little bit? Did Cam look kind of like he was just tired? He didn't have the energy he normally has, and that's probably because yeah. Atlanta kept him at bay all game. But he just yep. didn't seem I like think, himself today. I think that's what it was because you got to understand, like, when you look at, at, at Carolina, Carolina is a very well-conditioned team, and, and Cam is a very well-conditioned con- uh, quarterback. So you know that they're used to, just like in, a, in college, you know, running the hurry up, they're used to, to fast play, fast pace. But I think they were expecting – I'm not going to say they overlooked Atlanta because I don't think they overlooked anybody. I think it's just they were expecting the same Atlanta team they played two weeks ago with maybe just a little mm-hmm. more, instead of, you know, instead of this the Falcons that came and punched them in the mouth. Because, I mean, the, the first five minutes of the first quarter, dude, I was like, here we go again. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I think you might have saw, you might have, um, I think you commented on that, my post when I was like, you know, is it is the Atlanta Falcons D still at the airport? Will somebody go pick them up and let them know, you know, that we're playing at the Dome? And they finally oh, show I, up. I told you, I, t- I told you Cam would let off of them in a minute, didn't I? And he did. I didn't yeah. think he, he got that much, but he just, I think, I think, I think Cam went to the airport after that series. Yeah. I think he went there and tried to get back to Carolina. Hey, somebody Rams up did. 10 to nothing. Rams up ten to nothing on the Seahawks, Sonia. What kind of crazy day? Pittsburgh 
blows it. Going to Baltimore, oh, I mean, God. it's for you to make the playoffs. New England loses against the Jets. I mean, what kind of day is this? I mean, this is Pittsburgh should be pimp slap for losing that game. I mean, <laughs> I'm not complaining about anything because I won our championship in our fantasy football league, so I'm fine with everything that happened today. <laughs> I'm good. Well, congratulations. I, I was eliminated last week, I think, when I got, I got set out. <laughs> well, the first time I've won it and the first female to win it. So, yes, I am very proud of me. I only lost two games, one because my quarterback went out and one to my husband by one point. So, yes, I'm happy. <laughs> I know why you, I know why you won it, Sonia. Jonathan, I can see Sonia right now. She's over there, got her cigarette lit up, waiting on that free agency to hit. She's picking up all these players every week. Watching, <laughs> I sure watching. do. <laughs> But wait a minute, this is the thing, I won, hold up, I won with 80% of my draft, I drafted 10th in the league, and I had 80% of my drafted players left, so it wasn't really my, I didn't get many points from my trades, I got them off my drafted players, (laughs) but yeah, you're right about that cigarette, because I'm sitting here smoking one right now, watching this game, and my points go up. (laughs) Hey, babe, what do you think about, um, I don't know if you watched it last night, Jonathan and I were talking about it, well, let me go to Jonathan real quick, Jonathan, about about, I forgot to ask you, Atlanta doing that play, man, kicking that 50-something yard field goal. Had you missed that, Carolina would have had the ball near midfield with a minute and a half to beat you. I mean, I just scratched my head on that. Yeah, it, it was it was terrible clock management. Um, and, I, you know, it all started with a, with a bad penalty. Um, You're depressed. It, it, was, it, it, was, it was weird. The whole thing was just weird. Uh I will say kicking that field goal was uh, a huge risk take considering he had missed, what, a 42-yarder earlier in the game. Uh, so they had oh, a lot of faith in Shane Graham at that point to, to kick that field goal. And hats off to him for making it because he missed the kick. Carolina's about midfield. That obviously changes the complexion of the game 100%. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, just just weird. And, you know, going on, it. I mean, think about it. Dan Quinn, you know, in his first year, Better than the last two years under Mike Smith. Come, you know, Atlanta went you know six and ten and four and twelve. You know, combined ten and twenty-two over the last two years. So for Atlanta, we saw we saw some steps forward this year, um, and you know, all you can hope is that that continues. I mean, he's a rookie head coach. He's never he's never been a head coach at any level before. He's always been a defensive line or defensive coordinator. So I mean, just you know, you just got to let him grow as a head coach. Pass off to him. I mean, congratulations to Dan Quinn for having what would be, a, you know, in all honesty, a successful first year. I mean, you know, a big upstream yeah. for that. He has to get his players in there. That's the thing. Once he gets his players yeah. in there, I'd like to see I'd see what that defense looked good today, but I think it's going to be a lot better once, you know, another year or two of drafting goes. And his system, Sonia, you know it's hard to learn a system in a year. It's, it's hey, yeah, a that, year. It's hard. That was part of the problem with Shanahan or, or – I don't want to say excuse, but it's what they were using last week or two weeks ago, is that, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, who's got this new offense, kind of like what Peyton was going through in Denver and all of this. But I'm like, hold up, dog. I mean, I've never played professional football, never in my life. Never played prof- I could never do it because I'm a woman, so that's, you know, irrelevant right now. But I do have to learn new things, as we all do. You get paid to do this. This is your job. Unlike us who are at our jobs from, you know, this time to this time, these guys live, breathe, eat, and sleep football. I do not like to hear that excuse because to me that's all it is. So you're at practice and you got 
guys can't, can't can't run this play. You can't learn this play. You can't remember this over here. How much are we paying you? I can pay this three-year-old five dollars, and they can remember their ABCs. So to me, I, I hate to hear that, even though it's true. But it's just like partly true. But I hate when the onus is put on that. Like, oh, we're learning this new system, or we're learning this new this. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, you make too much money. Give me something else. Well, I think the players have to fit his system, you know, and like right. I don't know what system they had put before. Put it on the like but, but you know right. we need the right personalities here, but don't just say oh well that's like a a, a Fortune 500 company saying oh well the reason we didn't get many profits this quarter is because we put in this new computer system and uh, it took our employees this time to learn it and blah blah blah. Oh, so you guys didn't have any training classes set up like other companies who go through the same thing do? What are you talking about? You, 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 you pay me that kind of money. I'll learn Japanese overnight. Exactly. No, I'll be right there with you, too. <laughs> I'll be speaking Chinese, Japanese. I'll speak anything you want me to speak. You give me that exactly. kind of money. Exactly. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's, you're right. It, it is kind of a – you're making that – that's your job every day, you know. I mean, exactly. How long does it take you to learn point. your job? That's, that's a good point. Yeah, you can. You got that playbook – when we're when when you're at work or when Jason's at work or you know when people are at work, you could be studying your playbook. You're out on that field with the playbook, with the same players who got that same playbook. Do not come here and tell me <laughs> that this is the reason y'all lost. No, you guys lost because you didn't execute well. Somebody is weak on some side, or somebody's weak on the coaching side. Whatever it is, figure it out. But don't sit here and tell me after you got a million dollar check that it was because of this. No, nah, dog. That dog won't hunt. Yeah, I, was at, I, was at, I, was at, I was at the club too long this week. I couldn't learn those plays. <laughs> exactly. No, ask the Browns about that. So, so Sonia, <laughs> what did you think about Nebraska last night? 5-17, and 17, the Nebraska Cornhuskers beating UCLA. And I, I know I picked UCLA <laughs> on my team, but, but I did I did pick them to, to actually beat UCLA last night. I have witnesses and, and, and witnesses online that I did, but it was just like a perfect bowl game where a team, Nebraska, you know they wanted to be there and fight. You know people like, they don't even deserve it. You got UCLA, was supposed to win the Pac-12 possibly. Here they are playing a 5-7 and team. Wasn't it a perfect setup for UCLA to lose, honestly, last night? It was. It, but I'm not going to give them any excuse either because this is the deal. If you are playing a 5-7 and team – and the only reason they are there is because there's not enough six-win team, six teams <laughs> to 80 bowls. There is no freaking way you are supposed to lose. Dude, seriously, you got extra practice. <laughs> you got all this extra time. <laughs> and you're going to sit here and tell me that these five and seven jokers who aren't supposed to be here technically still brought it and beat you? No, you ain't Bama. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Baylor can't even use that excuse. They really don't want to be here. I hate to hear that. No, I don't care if you don't want to be there. You there. Play like you're supposed to be there. And to me, it's just it just shows, and, and this is no offense against the Pac-12, but your record shows it. The Pac-12 was not good this year. It wasn't. You had what? Who was it? Stanford and who else? Who they played for the championship? Stanford. Who did they play? Stanford. Yeah, USC's a four-loss team. They're in the championship yeah. game. That's what I'm like. You got, a, you got a championship between a team that's got four losses and these jokers over here, and you guys are expecting me to get excited because you're playing in a bowl game against a 5-7 and seven team? I ain't even watching it. I'm just going to be honest. I don't watch bad football. 
I'm Bama spoiled. I'll be very honest. I'm Sadiddy. I'm Bama Sadiddy. I cannot watch bad football. And I will try to watch some games, and then it gets to the point where I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Like, this is bad. And for, for UCLA, no, you still got some work to do. Go sit down. No excuses. Cornhurst. Yeah, but it does make the Big Ten look better, though. It makes the Big Ten look better that a team that wasn't bowl eligible went out and beat a, a highly respected Pac-12 team, beat them down. No, it doesn't make the Big Ten look better. <laughs> How does that make the Big Ten look well, better? I mean, well, I mean, a five and seven team that didn't even bowl eligible in the Big Ten conference because they lost, you know, a lot of their conference games. It just makes the conference look look stronger when that happens. Okay, Joey Galloway. You remember, you remember, you remember, you remember, no, it does. I mean, how, how, how would it not? Dude, you had a team like Iowa who had a strength of schedule of like 163 in the Big Ten Championship. Michigan, Michigan beat them. Michigan State beat them. The best two teams in the Big Ten right now are Michigan State, and I'll give it to Ohio State because I'm not giving Iowa any credit for that schedule. Unless you're on their level, it's it's just like the SEC. Are you going to say the SEC is great because, what, Kentucky beat, name somebody, <laughs> the U, I don't know. the bowl game? I'm just saying, to me, I don't care what well, conference I mean, you're that's in. A, that's a, team is that's, five that's, and seven. Their records don't count that's to me. It's compare. like don't sit here and try to, 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 to ride the, the conference coattails. No, dog, that's you. No, I mean, if it does matter. Bowls are played, and last year when the SEC lost about every one of them, it made the SEC look bad because all their teams lost. Jonathan, am I, am I stretching here? What am, am I missing No, you just I'm, – I'm, no, I'm not trying to interrupt you, Jonathan, but I want to get something to Tarvin. Tarvin, you got to understand something. You're asking a Bama fan. <laughs> you, you understand well, we've talked about this before. You're at Bama – I don't root SEC – I, when the SEC in a bowl game, I hope you win, but I really don't care as long as my team wins. Emma is the SEC. I, yes, we're up I'm there. A, I'm not rooting for nobody. Oh, but I'm not going to sit here and say that because Kentucky and Vanderbilt won, it makes the SEC look better. It's the it same. It's, just, it's the same. It the only does. thing it helps I mean, is if, their bowl if a team wins from your conference. If a team from your conference beats a team from another conference, it makes your team look – your conference as a whole look better. Last year when the SEC lost all their games, it made it look like shit. I mean – A bowl record. I mean, go, go, go. That's what I'm saying. We're talking yeah. bowl record. That's the only thing it does. It, it, it helps your bowl record. Yeah, but it, it, it looks at the strength of your conference. It kind of judges it. It gives somebody a chance to say, okay, let's look at Big Ten versus ACC or SEC versus this. Last year the SEC choked. I mean, every team in the SEC lost. And it was embarrassing. It made the conference look bad in the in the people's eyes, in the you know everybody looking. And this year, the, this year the SEC East sucked. You know, but let's let's say they were worse than they usually and they usually are. They weren't the worst conference division because there were three that are that are way worse. But that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like we got to get away from this this whole because it's like it gets used against us, and we can turn around and try to use it against people. But it's kind of like. I'm sorry, you're not going to sit here and truth. tell me a 5-7 Nebraska team somehow strengthens the Big Ten. It definitely did, to my, in my opinion. I mean, it definitely No, that's did. not it. That's, you it ask made, me my opinion, I'm telling you. I, to me, yeah, no. Yeah. To me, it doesn't. It's like you, no. you, you're just a 5-7 You weren't supposed to be there in the first place, dog. <laughs> you got their own look. All right, Jonathan, go ahead. 
Uh, I mean, I, I see both sides of the argument here. Um, and, I mean, I won't, you know, what I oh, saw last night was that was a Nebraska team that I hadn't seen most of the year. we got to remember that Nebraska was a little snake bit in this year on luck. Um, there were a lot of close games they played where they were there at the end and, you know, the ball didn't bounce away kind of a thing. Um, now, I also saw a Nebraska team that decided they were going to revert back to the 90s and run 50 times last night. And that was something I didn't expect. I don't think anybody expected. Uh, that was amazing. They, they you know, don't run the pass ratio was 5-1. to one. And I think that's why they won that game last night was that, you know, Mike Riley committed to uh, running the football and realized that running the ball was what Nebraska was best at. Um, do I think it makes the conference the whole look a little bit better? I think there's a debate for that. I honestly do. I, I think that conversation can be had. Um, but at the, at the same time, at the same time, it's really hard to compare it when you're looking at it like that. Do I, think the, I think the Big Ten was the best team. And that is. It does, it, does, it does change perception, and perception tends to be reality. Let's be honest now. So by them winning that game, does the Big Ten look stronger than the Pac-12? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the Pac-12 you know, so, yeah. struggled with Utah, struggled with BYU, who's an independent. You know, Arizona was in a dog cut in New Mexico. So, yeah, I think, you know, there is and, a little bit of perception is reality moment. Well, um, and, and, and I knew last year when the SEC sucked during those bowl games, I knew the SEC was good. I didn't, but the media and all these people out there were like, oh, the SEC, how good are they? They really suck. But it, it is perception to people. They look at bowl games. I'm not saying we all do, but, but but they look at it and they judge our conference or they judge a Big Ten conference and everything. And I knew the SEC was, and I know people hate that, but kind of disappointed. Mississippi State Ole Miss didn't really want to be in the game they were after playing, you know, possibly for a championship. Auburn didn't want to go to the Outback Bowl. I mean, you know, and it's the truth. I mean, you, you can't just look at it like that, Sonia, and say, well, your team, your conference is stronger, but like you said, Joey Galloway's of the world, people like that. That's what they wait on. That's what they exactly. use to, to try to change exactly. people's perception of where you are. But but last year, I was the first to say, "Hey, the SEC played bad in the in the bowl, but we all know better." No, no, the SEC sucks. You saw the bowl. You saw the exactly. record. <laughs> I mean, I think Jonathan Jonathan said it best, and and what I was trying to say is the same thing. It made the Big Ten look better against the AC or the, against the Pac-12. It doesn't make them look better as a whole, and that's all I'm saying. Because it's kind of like, I, you know okay. how I am. I don't care who it is. If you're five and seven, you don't deserve to be in any bowl. You need to be at right. home on the couch watching everybody else who actually won six games. Because that's the standard. So that's why it's kind of hard for me to give to to kind of have that point of view. <laughs> you know, because it's kind of like. Y'all weren't even supposed to be there. Yeah. Seriously. So how can I sit here and say, okay, well, you know, you guys made it in and you did beat UCLA. Hey, UCLA ain't good. (laughs) Let's just be honest. So what do you want, a cookie? That's why I'm like, to me, it doesn't mean anything. They just won last night. That's it. And then I and I said it wrong too, probably during this. Is like the perception. You call me Joey Galloway. That's exactly what they do. That's exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that's why we have to get and, away and from I that. Think, These guys influence so many yeah. people with their opinions, and they sit here because. And, and it was said in an interview, and I'm going to post this in the group because I've been saving it. But when they first announced that these two were coming on and joining college football final, both of them gave separate interviews, and in both, they said that they were there to counter what they they considered the SEC bias. Not that they're going to be anti-SEC, but they're going to root for the little guy. 
And I'm like, okay, see, now you guys are screwing it all up. Because now no all gender, of a sudden man. you want to sit here and tout Iowa. I'm sorry, honey. I look at Iowa schedule and I'm like, uh, my whole high school plays those teams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you're going to sit here and tell me that Iowa, because they're undefeated, is now on, on the level of a Alabama, Ohio State, you know, powerhouse top team? No. Or or Florida State when, when uh, Jameson was there and they were winning? Or Oregon when Mariota was there? Everybody can catch lightning in a box. That's no big deal. It's maintaining and being consistent with it. Nebraska had a great run back in the day. They are not back up to where they need to be. So I'm not going to sit here just because they won one game against some sorry team from the Pac-12 be like, oh, yeah, man, please. <laughs> but, but tomorrow, here's what's going to happen tomorrow, Sonia. And I don't listen to Fine Bomb, but occasionally I do. I do tune in. But tomorrow, Joey Galloway is going to come on, Jonathan, Sonia, and he's going to say, do you see what a five and seven team that wasn't good enough to make a bowl yep. game went into the Pac-12 and beat the Thank piss you. out of them? That shows you Michigan State's going to beat Alabama in the exactly. bowl game. That shows exactly. You. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, don't try to tie that to the conference. I stopped doing that a lot. Like I said, I want when when it's the bowl season. I don't care who you are. I want you to win your bowl game if you're an SEC team. I'm not going to be, like, sitting here, you know, with bated breath. But if you win, great, because that's the only time that conference records count is during the bowl season. But guess what? When it comes to the regular season, um, dude, you losing to them is not affecting me. <laughs> it's not affecting my team. We're not sharing revenue from that. We're sharing revenue from the bowl. Don't sit here and just say, Oh, because all these SECs, and I hated it when it was an SEC, too, so I don't want anybody to think I'm just biased. But even when it was SEC, I was like, no, don't sit here and think the SEC is so great because Vanderbilt lucked up and beat some team from, you know, whatever conference, or because Kentucky happened to win their bowl game. That doesn't mean the SEC is a good as whole. That just means they won that night. Great for them. But do they do it consistently? And none of the teams and, and that's right what now, I want people to do is... all the conferences can do that. And that's what I want people to do is put put emphasis on the entire season and not one weekend, not one one yep. game that's a month after the season's over. Let's look at the resume. Let's look at what you've done for for the whole entire season. And you look at the out-of-conference games in the SEC during the season, that's what I look at too. Those are the most important to me. And, and you know what, honestly, if it's not in the playoffs this year, they really don't matter, these games. If you think about it, they don't matter. I mean, it, all it is is practice and a chance for your kids to get a little vacation and to play a little bit. That's it. But if, unless you're in the Final Four, your bowl game doesn't matter, Sonia. And that's all. Thank you. See, thank you. Now you understand where I was coming from. And I'm sorry if I took, you know, went around the world, but that's what I was saying. It's like it really doesn't matter. Because guess what? It's all about Just practice. like Ohio State. When Ohio State won last year, every other team in the Big Ten, except for fans like us, were like, the Big Ten's great. Wait a minute! You're not an Ohio State fan. You got a producer at all? You got wait, hold on. You yeah, got Ohio a Michigan State. Great. Yeah, it's like wait Ohio a minute. Ohio State, State is, but that doesn't mean you guys are great. And when Alabama won it, I would say the same thing. No, dog. Bama was playing their game. I didn't see not one Vanderbilt, Kentucky. <laughs> I ain't see no miss, old Miss players. I ain't see nobody on that field but Bama players. So why are you trying to ride the coattails? Don't sit here and say that the conference is great because this one team from your conference won. I don't care what conference you're in. Jonathan, piggyback on that. 
Uh, I agree. I mean, it's something I've been saying for a couple of years when I kept doing SEC, SEC chants, and you're sitting, you know, I'm sitting there going, well, I mean, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, <laughs> South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, y'all didn't contribute to this SEC dominance. Yeah, the the, the the chance should have been Bama, Auburn, Florida, LSU. I mean, what do you what are you guys what are you celebrating with the fact that only four teams in your conference? Oh, Tennessee, are, are, are you got to add Tennessee because they won the first one. Give them credit for that yeah, one. Yeah. All right, so Tennessee won the first one. Georgia ain't touching since the eighties. Nope. You know? <laughs> I mean, so it's like, what Walker. are you guys bragging about the SEC for? You guys have done nothing. Exactly. It's like, That's what it's I like hate. It's like a Wake Forest fan chanting ACC after Florida State beat Auburn. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on now. Oh. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And see, you it's know, Auburn, big... you know, in 2004 should have made it. They played in two recent national championships, Alabama, LSU, Florida, Tennessee. Other than that, really – it's hard to really Nobody. say anything. You can't say nothing. I mean, back in the 80s, my, most, most people listening to my show right now aren't even alive back when you won a championship. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. serious. Herschel Walker was the only reason, the only reason Georgia ever sniffed a national championship game. Exactly. And he was a freak. And every, the only thing they've freak. done since then is make it to the SEC championship game and lose. So that's why I'm like, don't yeah, – I hate when people – you know, we've talked about the conference homerism and all of that. It is fine. You root for who you want to. There's no official grand poobah that declares who you should root for. That's your own personal business. But all I'm saying is we need to stop this whole conference comparison. Like, oh, well, you've got, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, nah, dog. <laughs> that team is 3-9. and nine. How is that team contributing to the greatness of the conference? That team didn't win any games. How are they contributing to the greatness of the conference? You know, if you're going to do it for the ones that win, mm-hmm. you got to do it for the ones that lose. you got to count them all. You just can't count the good ones. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that. And, and it, was, it was so sickening with Galloway and Cannell this season because it was just like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they only looking at the four teams in the conference instead of the whole entire body of the conference. Right. Like, well, they, the, 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 the Big Ten's the best conference in football because Ohio State, Michigan State. And after that, really, Michigan, they hadn't really done nothing. Iowa, Nebraska, I mean, none of those teams are, are – Ohio State's good and Michigan State's good. That's about it, honestly. And then you look at these – like, and they were you trying to use the college football playoff rankings. Okay, great. But guess what? Those rankings change week to week. Unless you're in the top four or five or, or really depending on, you know, your, your game, how you win or lose or how you actually won that game, you might drop out. So, you know, when the first rankings came out, how many SEC teams, how many Big Ten teams the next week? Okay, how many SEC teams, how many Big Ten teams? And I'm sitting here like, who cares? <laughs> None of those guys are going to be in the top four. You need to be concentrating on those teams up there or the ones who have a chance to move up. Why are you worried about number 25 right now? What are they doing? They just got mm-hmm. on the list. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, think, I think Joey Galloway and Cannell. I think Joey uh, Galloway and Cannell is really hurt, like ESPN to me. I, I really think they, Jonathan, it. you hate Danny Cannell, and he plays. He played for Florida mm-hmm. State. I think Joey Galloway and Danny Cannell has made ESPN look stupid. I'm sorry, it makes them well, look I, desperate. Yeah. 
stupid. I mean, Danny Cannell playing for Florida State, and I really can't stand him. Joey Galloway is a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and, and I can't stand him either. I think they're both terrible um, as far as it goes bringing him in the booth. And, and, you know, the people are like, well, you should like Danny Cannell because he's from Florida State. Nah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No, 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 that that didn't happen. Danny Cannell, now we 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 walk down the street. I ain't gonna say go no, so I'm saying go home. Go go go, go fall, go find the ditch and go sit in it. I mean, Danny, you know, Danny Cannell, I think has done more negative from um, Florida yep. State than he has positive. I really yep. think that. I agree with you, Jonathan. And nobody from the SEC is out there saying anything, Sonia. I mean. Who, who oh. out there from the SEC is blasting any other conference or trying to defend who they are? Not even on the SEC network, and I'm going to tell you something. I have tweet because because you know me, I'm a Twitter troll. <laughs> I troll I troll people on Twitter. So I I tweeted Danny Cannell one day, and I was like, dude. And he and I had an exchange, and I called him out on it. I was like, wait a minute, dog, because he tried to come back, and I because I was like, wait a minute, you said this last year, but you said this. Wh- which one is it? And he came back and he was like, P5, pay attention. And so I came back and I was just like, well, we try not to pay attention to you, but ESPN keeps coming on our faces. But I'm still asking you the question. <laughs> if the entire POC looks at the, the top 25, looks at every conference, why aren't you doing the same thing? Because you just invalidated what you – and he never, he never re- responded because I made a valid point. You're going to sit here and tell me that you're thinking like the POC. Okay. If the POC – doesn't just look at the Power Five conferences. They look at every conference that's in the FDS. And from those, they pull what they feel are the best teams. You should be doing the same thing. But you're telling me, so either you're saying that only the Power Five teams deserve to go to the playoffs and the other conferences don't, or they are lesser to you because they're not a P5. So which is it? And he never responded. That's the kind of thinking that they're, they're perpetuating when they put, they, uh, they put these dummies on college football finals. They have other people thinking like this. No. If you're going to be looking at everything, that means all those little conferences that, that nobody pays attention to, the Marshalls and the Memphises and all of those, guess what? They count. They got ranked. Temple got yeah. ranked. So don't sit here and tell me you're supposed to be this analyst and you're dismissing these teams at the same time you're trying to prop them up. You're talking out of both sides of the, your mouth. And that's my problem with Canell. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I had, I had Joe Shad actually block me after I made him look like a dumbass in front of <laughs> the entire world. And I, I, I take pride in that. If I ever see that guy, I promise you, I'll probably go to jail for 24 hours because I'm going to knock his block off. Um, oh, you, you, but they, they hate the when you call them on their BS. They want fans to just not yeah. think and just listen to them. But, no, you're saying this on Monday, but you said this on Tuesday. That's not adding up. Explain this to me. You and remember when Joe wanna... Shad – you remember when Joe Shad tried to ruin Cam Newton's career? I didn't say nothing. I mean, I was upset about it. Mm-hmm. When he came, but there was another couple of instances where here he is trying to hurt some kid's career, and it comes back negative. And I'm like, Joe, how many times are you going to try to ruin a kid's career to try to get famous? I mean, and, you know, I've said a few other things, and, and people laughed out loud on it on his Twitter, and then he blocked me. That's the last thing last thing he did. He's a fool. Because you called I mean, him anybody out. anybody that was sitting here. Yeah, I did. I called him out and said, you're trying to wreck kids' lives. These are kids, and you're trying Why to get you famous for because kid? you broke the story. Yeah, you broke the story and all this. And, and according to him, Miami was getting the death penalty. It was over. According yeah. to him, Sam Newton was going to be ineligible. According to him, T-Town menswear in Alabama, you know. I mean, he, he just yeah, according to him, every the perfect time. It, yeah, he I, mean, is I, so- I sit around – 
long enough, I'm gonna find a nut, right? I'm a squirrel, I'm gonna find a nut. Exactly. So I compare it to this. If you ever look at the supermarket supermarket tabloids, they will run a story once a month on some couple who just got married. They will be married for ten years, but every month there'll be a story that they're on the verge of divorce. When they finally divorce, <laughs> they're like, We called it. We called it. Wait, dude, yeah. they've been married for ten, fifteen years. Y'all call that back in eighty two. What the, no, you didn't call that, dog. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that Jim McGraw is getting a divorce. Yeah, they're for the past fifteen years. I I think it's an overall issue with ESPN's uh, reporting. Uh, we saw Jaworski get get slapped back into his place after he came out and said, "Oh, Odell Beckham's suspension is getting overturned this week." There's no doubt about it. And, it. and it came out, no, that's that's not what's happening. But reporting it is fact and. You know, you see it with uh, Chris Broussard. Exactly. The NBA. Chris Broussard's sources tell him that everything and anything under the sun is going to happen. He's wrong more often than he's right. It's just like Jim Bowden for ESPN as far as baseball goes. More often than not, Jim you. Bowden puts out a false thing. And ESPN mm-hmm. doesn't really check on these guys until after it's proven these guys were idiots. So at the end of the day, I think this is an ESPN issue more than anything. Yep. Yeah, Jonathan, you said it perfect because the other day, Sonia, you might have been on here, but I know you were, Jonathan. When I came out and said, I think it was Wednesday, I can't remember, I said that that his suspension was overturned, and you said, no, Brian, it wasn't. They were reporting it as facts, like you said, and mm-hmm. I read facts that this suspension was overturned. And nope. I'm like, oh, God, and I went back and looked at it. And, and my God, Sonia, I, and I'm not bragging, trust me on this, but you look at my – my bowl game winning percentage with the point spreads against these so-called experts, I'm blowing them away. It's not even close. And they're getting paid oh, millions dude. of dollars to sit dude. over here and run their mouth? It, look, I gave you props the last at the last NFL draft because of the fact I had already done the research because I guess Mel Kuyper just irritates me. His hair. It's something about his hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's the like, owl. He is just weird, but he and Todd McShay, everybody acts like they're these gurus. So I decided to do a little research and fact-checking to see how correct they were as far as, you know, from when they first started doing their, 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 their you know, big boards and all this crap to what's actually, what actually reality is. Not both, both are correct under 30% of the time, lifetime. How can somebody wow. who gets 30% correct be considered an expert in anything? So you've got the blind leading the blind. You've hyped this man up like he's some sort of expert, and I'm sitting here. I remember that night because we called in and talked to you and Trey. Jace had his computer. I had my computer. I had it at the NFL site because they update, you know, faster than anybody else. So I'm looking at the draft. got a tab open with Mel's draft, and I'm like, hmm, wrong, 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 right, wrong, 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 right. Dude, oh, don't tell me this man is an expert. You will never get me to believe it. And I, and I had ten in a row, didn't I, Sonya, about or yep. nine in a row picking mm-hmm. them. You, you were going for a record because we were like, if Tarvin gets ten, I'm going to tweet it to Mel Kiper and Todd McShay. <laughs> it's, but that's, Very, yeah, that's, you're right. That's, but that's sports journalism, and that's what I try to tell people. Don't listen. Don't believe half the stuff you read, especially when you hear about rumors. Unless you hear... Put it like this, unless you hear from the source, like it's coming out of the Falcons camp or something like that, or it's coming from somebody who has a history of breaking hot stories like an Ian Rappaport, 
because nine times out of ten, whatever he reports comes to pass because he is in. Yeah. You know, he is a great source, and that he is right now he has the best record in in sports as far as breaking any sort of rumor that actually has turned out to be fact. Ian Rappaport, I will listen to. Mel Kiper, no. Todd McShay, no. Oh. Danny Cannell, no. Joey Galloway, Chapman, Joe, Joe Shad, man, Shad. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't listen I, to these I'm, guys. I'm surprised Joe Shad's not up there with HGH right now questioning Peyton Manning, waiting on it to happen. <laughs> Peyton Manning used HGH. The guy weighs about 170 up. pounds. The guy weighs about 190 just, pounds, and he's on steroids. Now the come out and, and on a video on YouTube and said that everything he said was a lie. So that, that yeah, again, shows you what the media has turned into. There's no such yeah. thing. There used to be a department, okay? There is a department called fact-checking and research. I worked for that department. You worked it. Our job was to fact-check anything that went on that news desk for whatever department you were working <laughs> for. I happen to work in sports. Guess what? Whatever they read, I better have five sources that confirm it. I better find it, and I better have some way that if somebody comes back, we can put some facts in front of them and say this is where we got it from. That doesn't happen anymore. You've got these little young kids that they're paying $20,000 to Google something, and they see it on a blog. Okay, well, I see it on this blog. No, the blog doesn't count, sweetie. You have to go to the NCAA record books. You have to go to the actual school. You know, you have to get in touch with them and have them send you over stuff. It's not just Googling. But that's what the media has turned into. And I'll tell you another a little secret. When you see a story from any sports journalist about any sort of coaching change and it's something that you've heard before, don't think that it's happening. The only reason that that story is being printed is because that particular reporter missed their deadline and didn't have a story to turn in. So they always go to the old standby. Nick Saban's leaving. Urban Meyer's leaving. Uh, what's his name? Jimbo's leaving. Yeah, or how about how about Gruden? Gruden's coming. Gruden's going somewhere. Gruden's the hottest. Exactly. Yeah, Gruden to Tennessee. Gruden to FSU. Jimbo to, to Alabama. Just whatever. That's what it is. It, there's no to it. They just make it up and rehash stuff. So people don't believe all this stuff. Those people are doing the exact same thing we're doing. Guessing. They have no it, no more. Right. The, the only thing they have are creden- media credentials and uh, and a paycheck, which, which by the yep. way, some of these media – anybody can get me. I can go get media credentials right now, and I'm getting them. But mm-hmm. does that make me an expert? No, no, no. But, nope. but, I, but I, do try to, I do try to be fair in my opinions, and, and I try to present facts. And, and if I give you a prediction, I'm going to give you reasons behind it. I'm not out witch hunting trying to – to dig through Nick Saban's garbage can to see if I can find anything to, to get that program in trouble like some Auburn fans do or, or some Alabama fans do. I mean, Jonathan, you know how it is. I mean, just just be yourself in facts. And I'm tired of, of, of people putting Feinbaum as a god too, Sonia. I'm tired of seeing all this guy. He, he's rich, and he's the ugliest human being in the world, and he knows nothing <laughs> about football. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and this is what kills me. He came out with another story. And remember, it was right after right after the Final Four were announced. And remember the whole thing, because we talked about it on the show. Paul Feinbaum talking about Nick Saban considering retiring. Blah, 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 blah. Paul, <laughs> stop. Just stop. You're making up stuff again. You're like Russell Clark in one of my, in my groups, just making up stuff just because you want to make up stuff. I don't know if he's a pathological liar or not, but he makes up a lot of stuff. Hey, 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 he wants people to watch his show. that now. Nick has shut that down. So it's just they just make up stuff. Whatever is going to get them more clicks on their link, 
more eyes on their program or more ears listening to them, they will say, because there are people out there who will believe it. There are still people right now talking about Nick Saban's leaving. The man has been in Tuscaloosa since 2007, Shawty. I don't think he's going anywhere. He has kind of made that pretty clear. So we can stop with that one. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher, three months ago, he was supposed to be considering coming to Alabama. Blah, blah, blah. How the heck? Wait, dog. Jimbo is king at FSU. The man can ask for a stadium and get it built. The same way Nick can do at mm-hmm. Tuscaloosa. Why would he leave his kingdom and come to another kingdom that he didn't even found? It's usually the agent. It's usually the agent putting it out there to get a raise yeah. for their coach is really what it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, everybody knows this except for people on the outside. Everybody knows it's just a game. But people will take it and run with it and turn it into some national story because some young hotshot, you know, new hire at ESPN or Fox Sports or wherever wants to make it a story it gains momentum, but it's like there's nothing to it. Jimbo ain't going nowhere. Nick ain't going nowhere. You know, Urban, that's, you know, that's a flip of You know, the thing, <laughs> the thing about this show, we have no agenda. There's no agenda whatsoever exactly. here. We say what we want to say we, and to an extent. You know, we're not going to come out here and, and put up gossip. And, and like, like that night, the guy called in, Sonia, remember, and he said, uh, Oh, yeah. Les Miles' his wife was screwing. He was, Les Miles was screwing around with a coach. Uh, coach's wife in Michigan, I said, hey, let me make this clear. I, I came back the next show. Way in sports yep. did not say this. It was fast. I just want people to know that. That's you know, right. I don't, I don't want a lawsuit on me. I don't have anything anyway, but you know what I mean. I don't want nobody <laughs> thinking bad about me spreading lies about somebody's infidelity. But anyway, it, it, guys, it, it, I'm going to have to roll. You, well, you consider the I'm reputation. Sorry, Go ahead. Because you don't want Way in Sports to have the reputation of a fine bomb show. You know, because to me, when I think of fine bomb, I think of the bottom feeder, trailer trash, Auburn and Bama fans who none of us like and who don't know anything about the team. Like, they've never been to, to the school. They don't have a relative that attended. They're just hangers on, and they have more pride and passion than actual players and students and, you know, alumni and fans who, you know, actually know the uh-huh. team. So it's kind of like you don't want your show to be thought of in that vein. You know, you want way in sports to have a certain standard. And when that guy yeah. came on, it was like, no, I mean, you, it's like, no, dog, we don't talk, we don't spread gossip like that. That's not, what what's yeah, that got to do with the he asked? Yeah. That's it. And honestly, I want people to listen to our show and actually gain some, I mean, we, we don't always agree with each other, and that's a good thing. We don't always agree, but we respectfully disagree, but every one of us with our opinion can add value, even though it's not the same thing. We we, we give our right. point of view, you know, from our point of view. And now I pride ourselves in, in this show and that. We're not stupid. We don't come out here trying to start fights, cussing each other out. I did one time with Everett that time, a long time. <laughs> we but, try to make you but, think. But, but, uh, yeah. You know, think of you can look at you. you can look at one situation because Brian can say something about something that I've said, and it'll give you a new perspective. Or I could say something that gives you a new perspective. Or Jonathan can say something that gives you a new perspective. Or Trey can say it. So to me, I like it because you get different perspectives. And that's what I like versus uh, with the new college football playoff review that comes on Friday. It's got Jason Seahorn and a couple of other guys on it. But I like them better than I watch college football final. I'll watch them more now because at least with them, they, they try to be objective you know, they don't practice the conference homerism, and they'll be honest, and they'll tell you, this is my opinion, this is what I think. 
unlike, you know, with the new college football final, it's, you know, you had Adnan, and he's sitting there with these two clowns, and they're just, it's kind of like, what are y'all talking about? Did y'all watch any of the games? Did you just look at stats? Did you actually watch the game? Because they say some of the stupidest stuff, and it just makes my respect for them just drop. Not that I had that much in the first place, but it's really dropped to zero now because I'm looking at ESPN like, you put these clowns on the air and present this to us? Why am I even watching you? It's guilt by association. Yeah, and Colin Coward, and Colin Coward, like, he's at Fox now, but every time anybody disagrees with him, he only takes certain callers on his show. Mm-hmm. If you disagree with him, he hangs up on you, or he talks over you while you're trying to give your point of view, and then he hangs up on you. So, I mean, this guy thinks he, he runs the world, and his opinion's the only one that matters. And, you know, on our show, we don't do that. We're just like, mm-hmm. everybody's got their opinion, more respected, as long as you're respectful. <laughs> I'll respect your opinion as long as you're respectful and delivering. Exactly. You could, you come in here acting like a crazy lunatic. I'm gonna just hang up on you. But I mean, Colin Coward, he, he's right about everything. If you ever disagree with him, then you're. That is very true. When you're, he you're, is Phyllis from what's his name? What's her name? Phyllis from Mulga. <laughs> Mulga. Yeah, when she called what she called him Cal, Colin Cowherd, that was the most hilarious thing to me. Only because I thought it was the most silliest waste of it. It was like just a big PR stunt. Because I don't know if people really know this. I hope people who listen to Feinbaum realize that those people that call in, the Phyllis and the Tammy and those people, I hope you guys realize they're in cahoots to call and they get paid. I hope you don't think those are just fans at home. They might have started off like that, but now they're paid. They're part of that show. So Mm -hmm. guess what? They are going to say stuff to make you tune in even more now that they're on television. Do you really think that they – I mean, seriously, I hope this woman doesn't act like this at home. (laughs) 24 hours a day. And I mean, seriously, their, their personality. Honestly, the thing is, if, if you have an opinion like you, Sonia, say you're eloquent in the way you put it, you actually can debate. They don't want you on. They, they want you on there to say what they want to say, to make exactly. the South look bad. Like like Coward, uh, to, to prove how stupid the South is, he brought on Phyllis Ramulga on his show. And she called him cow turd, and, and it made it look bad. He won't bring educated people on. To, to oh, no. with it. He always he always wants Ooh. to make people look bad. And that's why I don't like them sometimes. They cater to stereotypes, and I don't like any shows like that. Like Rush Limbaugh, none of those. I don't listen to any of those shows. There's only a few sports shows that I'll listen to and watch. My favorite, my absolute favorite, was SVP uh, Rosillo, but now SVP is on um, ESPN Late Night, so Canell's on there. I thought that I was gonna hate it, <laughs> but I'll be honest. Cannell does not sound as dumb on the radio as he does on TV. That's why part of me is beginning to think that this is just an act. Like, he and Galloway are doing this in order to raise, you know, try to get the ratings up to get you know, non-SEC uh, uh, viewers to watch him, just to, you know, say, oh, you know, we finally got some SEC bashing going on. Because something he'll say on College Football Final, he'll say the complete opposite on the um, the radio show. And Jason listens to him every morning. So it's like, I hear it, you know, when I take him to work, and I'm like, wait a minute, he just said this on, this, on College Football Final Saturday, and now he's saying this on the show? So to me, it's all just a big fake. It's just all fake. Yeah, so say, say what we need you to say in order to get this certain, you know, reaction or this, this rating that we need. But, but Sonia, Sonia, before we leave right now, I don't want to say nothing, but what did you think about the picture I sent you? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I was I, I smiled so big. I was in the middle of, of, of trying to win my victory, so I didn't concentrate too much. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, 
Oh my God, it's so I love it. Two yeah. thumbs Thank up. You. I'm keeping it private, but it's but it's uh, something I wanted to do, and you know I'm not one of those people who like to show off like that and do different things. I want to show you that just something that I can see every day and somebody else can see. That, you know, that was you, you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. That was uh, that was honestly one of the best things I saw this week. You get two Thank thumbs up for that. I appreciate it. You family. <laughs> So, uh, you are guys, too, Jonathan, love. Well, I know that. I know that. <laughs> well, um, well, Jonathan and Sonia, you guys take care of yourself. It's 530 Eastern. I'm going to go get ready for the work week. And uh, I can't believe this is the last week of the year. Thank God 2015 is over is all I can tell you. I know. I'm about to go jump in the shower myself. I've been sweating from screaming. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, y'all be good and have a great week, and we'll see you Wednesday night. All right, All right, see you, Jonathan. See ya. All right, bye-bye.